All right, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue uh, in the sermon series uh, Legacy. I think last week we, we took an opportunity to revisit uh, the path of the exile and Pastor Sean, uh, you know, spoke uh, on, on that. And so uh, it's exciting about what God is doing. And, and in the sermon series that we're in, uh, Legacy Series, uh, Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron have done a great job of encouraging us and challenging us all at the same time. And so we're going to kind of continue along that same uh, chord tonight. And so I think it's only fair and only right that I speak to a little bit of my personal legacy. Now, I want to throw up a picture, if we could, on the screen. And I already know what you're thinking right now. That picture, she's a beaut. That is a beautiful, beautiful trophy. And I kind of want to speak to a little bit, and I already know what you're thinking. Is that from a dog show or something like that? That is a trophy that my grandfather, we called him Paw Paw, Mama and Paw Paw. That's a big deal right there. That's, uh, in case you didn't know, that's, that's state champ raccoon hunter right there. And some of my southern draw might come out while I'm talking about this a little bit. I hope that's okay. But my aunt sent this picture because my grandmother and grandfather, Mama and Papa, have now passed. And so they're making their way of trying to clean out the house a little bit. And so they've sending out pictures to all the grandkids seeing what keepsakes they might want for their home. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw this trophy, my reaction was, that is awesome. Because it's just, it's just very interesting piece. And so, let me be honest. I, my, my cousins, my mom is the only one to defect from the small state of Alabama. Uh, and I say defect, she didn't defect out of state. She just defected out of the small town in Alabama. All the other siblings stayed in the small town. So, but she moved to the big city, the capital city. So whenever we would come around, me and my brothers, we're known as those city boys. So we don't know anything about raccoon hunting. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know anything about raccoon hunting. But I look at this and I'm thinking... If nothing else, this is an incredible conversation piece. So I'm going to give my cousins just a little bit of time to raise their hands to say, hey, I want that. And if they don't, I'm going to get it. And I'm going to put it right there in the middle of the mantle. Now, I haven't checked with my wife about this, but that's really where I want it, right there in the middle of the mantle. And so when people come around, they're going to see that, and they're going to be like, well, what's that? And my southern draw is going to come in, oh, you don't know about that? That's state championship raccoon hunting right there. Oh, you ain't heard that story? Let me tell you. It was a brisk evening. The raccoons were running. The dogs were howling. It was beautiful. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to enact how the, the conversation is going to go. So that is the legacy that was left for me. But I realize that we're talking about spiritual legacy here. And so when I think about spiritual legacy, I have to almost put it in the context of past, present, and future tense. And so I want to speak first off to the, the past tense of a legacy because when you think of the past tense of a legacy, you're thinking the acts of the people before you and therefore the environment that you were left with to operate or function or now live in. That was handed down to you. And so truth is, if I had to poll and question everybody here, 
we're probably all over the spectrum when it comes to the spiritual legacy that you were left. But the facts are we probably fall into two separate camps. You, we probably fall into a camp of, of believers and non-believers. That was the legacy that we were brought up in. That was the legacy that we were left. You either were from a family of believers or a family of non-believers. And I kind of want to speak to that for just a second is because really, even in your family dynamic, you can have a mixed bag of that. And that's where my family comes from. Because if you hear my wife's testimony, and I encourage you to go out to journeykc.com, shameless plug, and check that testimony out. She's got incredible testimony of how God has acted in her life in a mighty way. Because she had some spiritual influences in her life, but she had every reason to go down a dark road. And if you hear that testimony, you'll find out and you'll see that she had to make a decision. She had to come to a point to where she said, I'm not going to let my situation or my circumstances define who I am. But I'm going to make a decision and let my destiny and my legacy be defined by who I am in God. And so she was forced to make a decision. And because of that decision, she now walks in victory. We read in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 where it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And so she made that decision to walk in that. And truth is, I kind of envy people that are in that dynamic because truth is, you have a blank slate for God to work with. You have a blank canvas for God to come in and imprint on you. There's no false truth that need to be defined. There's no separating tradition from truth. You've got a blank canvas for the Holy Spirit just to do a work in your life. And she's allowed God to do that and we've continued to see God do great things in her life. Or perhaps you're on the other side of it to where you do have a strong family legacy when it comes to believers. And that's kind of the camp that I'm in in that I had parents that taught me early on what the importance of relationship with God and what, what it was like to pray and what it was like to fast and what it was like to give and to serve and to have the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And I think about that, and I'm constantly challenged by a scripture in the Word of God that helps me understand what my place is because of that legacy that was left for me. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, and I'm going to read this from the Message Bible because I think it's got an interesting interpretation of this. It says, The servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it, or innocently does whatever he pleases, will be thoroughly thrashed. But if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll get off with a slap on the hand. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts mean greater responsibilities. And this comes from the text, you're probably familiar in the King James Version where it says, to whom much is given, much is required. And so every day I read that verse and I play that in my head, and I ask myself the question, with the legacy that was left for me, with all the things that I was given, what am I doing with it? Because that incredible foundation that I was given is not intended to stand upon, but to build upon that. And so as I ask myself that very question, I challenge you today with that very question too. 
If you're on that side of the spectrum, what are you doing with that legacy that was left for you? Man, I'm making a lot of friends here today. I know it. But I promise I say that in love because if the Scripture continues to hold true, which we know it does, is that we have a responsibility, and we reviewed it last week, the Great Commission, to go ye therefore. And if the Scripture holds true again, that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And God is always looking for people to kind of get in and serve. And so I want to encourage you just to chew on that for a little bit. And I say that in love because I am so looking forward to what God's going to do through you by not standing on that legacy, but building on that legacy that God has for you. So if we're talking about the past legacy, the truth is we don't want to live in the past. We want to figure out what it's going to take to get to the present and living out our legacy. And there's two things that are important to help us make that transition to go from the past to the present. And the first thing that we need to do first and foremost is we need to recognize who He is. We need to recognize who He is. John chapter 8 and verse 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so that's one of the first probably revelations that we had, regardless of what camp we fall in, is that Jesus is the light of the world. And when that light comes into our life, it's like a light bulb on all these other things, which magnifies and highlights all the different things that God is. And so that we understand as we grow in Him through a relationship and through the Word of God, we understand that, that He's our Creator and that He's faithful and that He's gracious and that He's merciful and that He's our shelter and provider and that He cares for us and that He fights for us and that He's patient and that He's righteous and that He's holy and He's all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present and He's our salvation. And then we see in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16 where it says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath for us. God is love and He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in Him. And we experience that just through John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we're able to bask in that love. The second thing that's important is we need to recognize who we are in Him. We need to recognize who we are in Him. We see Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 where it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. And that's sometimes a tough concept for us to grasp. But we've got to understand that we are a child of the King. And all the things that He has and all the things that are Him, we are entitled to because we are heirs of to that royalty. Can I get an amen? And so, what I want to just make sure that we're understanding, that we're recognizing, is where you're at right now is not where you always have to stay. Because the truth is, when we truly recognize who we are in Him, we understand that we are a chosen and that we are a new creation. We understand that we are born again and that we belong to Him, and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. 
that we have the power through the Holy Spirit to overcome things and that we can do all three things through Him who strengthens us, that we are alive in Christ, that we have the mind of Christ, that we are holy, that we have the peace of God, and that we are free, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. But what separates us from operating in the past and then making that transition to the presence and living it out is we've got to go beyond that. And the reason that we've got to go beyond that is because for you to know who He is and for us to know who we are in Him, to know that alone is simply head knowledge. What separates you from having head knowledge and actually living out your legacy and having that relationship with Him is what you answer to. Think of it like a roll call in school. When your name is called and you answer here, what you are saying is, I identify with the name that was called. And so, as I list off things like saved here, redeemed here, rescued here, loved here. So many times we stop short and we beat ourselves up and we want to just really kind of stiff-arm God to say, you know what, all those things are good, but I'm having trouble receiving that. And I'm telling someone today that if you want to start operating in that legacy and living out that legacy, that you have to start answering to those things. Because the facts are, you are not failure, you are forgiven. You are not rejected, you are chosen. You are not worthless, but you are called. You are not weak, you are strong, and you are not defeated. You're an overcomer. And I'm here to tell someone today, if that is you, God wants something to happen tonight. God wants something to happen today. God wants something in your heart to click to where you no longer go through the motions, but you are operating in that legacy. And you are living out everything that God wants you to see and be in him. And I just want to stop for just a second, if I could. And I know we're right in the middle of this, but I never want to take for granted an opportunity to have someone make a commitment to God. And so I wonder if you could just close your eyes for just a second. And if you're in this place, and maybe that's you, Maybe you have an understanding, or maybe this is your first time here. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God and say, you know what? I want a relationship with Him. I want to know what it's like to have Him walking hand in hand with me in life every single day. I want to know what it's like to go beyond head knowledge and completely comprehend and understand and operate on who He is and who we are in Him. So if that's you and you want to just kind of say, you know what, I'm going to raise my hand to say I'm going to make that commitment tonight to begin to walk in that legacy. I'm going to make that commitment to just say, Lord, I, I need you. I can't do it without you. And so we're just going to pray together. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know exactly where we're at. God, and you know exactly who we are. And you know exactly what we need. God, and we just 
get in their posture to receive whatever you would have us to receive. God, we trust you. You're a faithful God. Lord, we, we come with open arms right now to receive everything that you want us to receive. God, speak to us in a way that only you can. Lord, if there's someone in this place right now that, that doesn't have that relationship with you, God, I pray that you would just speak to them in their own special way. God, prick their heart, water the seed that's planted in that heart, God, and watch it grow so that we can have that relationship with you. God, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if we're in that position to where we say, okay, now that we've gotten to the point where we're going to go from the past to the present and we're going to start living out that legacy because we understand who he is, we understand who we are in him, and we're going to start answering to who we are in him. What does it look like to live out our legacy? And we're going to talk about, and we're going to reference Numbers chapter 13, but let me just set the table a little bit on what we're dealing with here. So we've got the children of Israel that are in the desert. They've been delivered from bondage. They're headed to the promised land. And, you know, the, the weird thing is, is the Bible goes on to say that they, they wander in the, in the desert for 40 years looking for the promised land. And you might ask the question, well, how does that relate to us today? Well, they wandered in the desert for 40 years looking for the land of Canaan. I feel like we've wandered for 40 weeks in the land of COVID in no direction at all. Everything changes every day. Sorry, just making sure you're still paying attention there. But as we look in Numbers chapter 13 and verse, we're going to start with verse 1 and 2. This is what living out the legacy looks like. So Moses is being spoken to again by the Lord. He says, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers shall they send a man, every one a leader among them. So we skip forward to verse 17, where it says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, where the people, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season for the first ripe grapes. So we go forward to verse 25 where it says, And they returned from the spying of the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is a fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, and you pay attention here, 
Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So think about, let me just stop right there and think about what's been said. So pretty much, the spies came back and they said, Well, hey, the land is good, but there's a lot of opposition. Their walls are really tall, and their guys are really big, and there's a whole lot of them. And Caleb's response is, let's go. And that speaks to a little bit of of who Caleb is and what he stands for. And so 31 says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they have spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So we'll keep going to 14, verse 6 and 8, where it says, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephna, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land was passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And so again, just to summarize You've got 12 spies that are sent out. Pretty much the consensus was they came back and said, hey, the land is good, but we can't take it. We're too overpowered. They're too big. They're too strong. But Caleb and Joshua were so hysterical. It says they rent their clothes, and he says, but the Lord will delight in us and be with us to overcome these things. And so the reason that that's so important is because I think it highlights two things that allow us to live out our legacy. Obviously, we're to the point to where we're living out our legacy, but to actually operate in that and function in that, there's two things that I think we can learn here. And one is that what separated Joshua and Caleb from the rest of the spies is they were able to live by faith and not by fear. Because the facts were there. They did not see anything different than the other ten spies. But what they could do is they could look past the enemy. They could look past the walls. They could look past how big they are. Because they knew that their God was bigger than those things. And so as much as there was reason to not move forward... Their faith was bigger than their fear. And they were able to operate in that. And the reason that I think that that is so critical and important, we see in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. The situation that you're going through right now is going to need faith to get over. 
the things that you're facing right now, that struggle, that relationship, God is bigger than that struggle. The thing that keeps you up at night, every night, God is bigger than that obstacle. The things that you're facing or the hole that you've dug for yourself, God is bigger than that. And the way that you're going to be able to overcome and live out that legacy is to be able to operate in faith and not fear. The second thing that separated Caleb and Joshua from the other spies was they were able to see opportunity instead of obstacles and opposition. They were able to see opportunity instead of obstacles and opposition. And to help drive this point a little bit more, let me direct your attention to the screen above. So here we are in our laundry room of our house. And I already know what you're thinking. Chris, you're going to have to step up your game. Because when Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron record videos, they always have an incredible backdrop whether it's you know, beautiful scenery or, or nature or something like that. But, but trust me, there's more than meets the eye when it comes to this room because I want to introduce you to the most important room of this house. I want to introduce you to our prayer room. Come check it out. Come on. You coming? Let's go. All right, well, welcome to our prayer room. Uh, you guys are the first people outside of our immediate family to see this room. So it truly is a, a welcome uh, to our prayer room. Uh, let me give you some quick breakdown dimensions of the room. So we've got a six by 10 space here uh, that gives us plenty of room uh, to, to walk or pace. You know, obviously there's a little L here. So yeah, if you want to walk or pace, there's plenty of space to do that. Uh, if you're, if you'd like to kneel and pray, uh, we've got the chair uh, over there. Uh, some people like to, to lay before the Lord and pray, you know, and, and weep. And so we, we've got the uh, tissues. Uh, we've got the uh, big pillows that you can lay on. We've got bean bags, different things like that. Uh, we've got the, the room plastered uh, with scriptures, favorite scriptures of our kids. Uh, and stuff like that. We've got the closet here that holds a lot of the material when it comes to books, um, Bibles, uh, prayer journals, um, just just different things to kind of help us in, in that effort. So we've also got uh, the, the board here that's got pictures of family, uh, you know, different missionaries that we personally support, uh, and just our Journey Church. We want that to be a, a prayer focus of ours uh, as we come up here together. But the truth is, is, you know, this room hasn't always operated to its fullest potential. Truth is, it took a pandemic to get it to that point. You know, I remember when we were first issued that stay-at-home order, and I began to pray about, God, what do you want me to see in this situation? And I remember the Holy Spirit directed me to say, I want you to not focus on opposition and not focus on obstacles, 
but I want you to focus on opportunity. And I begin to see opportunity of to love on others uh, and to, to bless others uh, on a regular basis and, and show compassion uh, and show grace and, and just, just really just operate in the fruits of the Spirit. But also, I begin to focus as the noise quieted and as things slow down, God, what do you want this home? The Bible speaks that as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And there was a room in my house that hadn't reached its full potential and it was destined for a prayer room. And I remember talking to my wife and of course now we are standing in that, that prayer room. We've seen it come to fruition what it was destined to be. And I'm telling you, this room has been such a blessing, but it doesn't get there if I'm focused on obstacle and I'm focused on opposition but it was critical that I focus on opportunity that laid before us. And we're seeing that in the book of Numbers here with Joshua and Caleb. Here they are, sent out petition with 10 other spies to go search and look and spy out the land of Canaan, the land that they were promised. And they were the only two that came back seeing opportunity. All anybody else could see was obstacle and opposition. Let me tell you, as I sit here in this room today, I can testify to incredible moves of God that have happened because I was able to focus on opportunity and we've seen this room come into its own. We've had incredible moves of God here, times where me and my wife have just cried and prayed and just laid it all out there. We've had incredible, incredible moves of God. And so my encouragement is to you is, you know what? God is calling us to see opportunity in our circumstances and situation. Yeah, there's plenty of obstacles. There's plenty of opposition out there. We don't even need to talk about it because they're there. But let me tell you more importantly, there's opportunity. There's promises that God has called you to. There's things that God has shown you over the years that He wants you to begin to walk in that, to not lose faith in those things, but know that He is still in that. You know, Philippians chapter 1 uh, in verse 6 says, or we'll read, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So just as we have seen this room come into its own, because we begin to focus on opportunity and not opposition and obstacle, I'm telling you, God has something out there for you. He wants to operate in you and through you and see those things come to pass if we'll just focus on Him and focus on the opportunity that lies before us. You know, it's interesting to, to kind of watch that and, and, and listen to that. And if we look back to what I mentioned with, with the Joshua and Caleb, that they were able to see opportunity and not obstacle or opposition. And if you look back at, at what they were able to accomplish because they could operate in that way that they could walk by faith and not by fear, but they could focus on opportunity and not obstacle or opposition. They were the only two of those spies that ever experienced the promised land because of that attitude and that focus that they had. The interesting thing about that prayer room is I remember the first time 
that we went through that house to even look at before we bought it. And I identified it and I said, you know what, that's going to be my prayer room. But like I said, it took a pandemic to get to that point. Even though we might have used it for other purposes. We might have used it for a storage room a little bit here and there. Oh, just put it in the prayer room. But it never lost its title. It was always the prayer room. And the reason I share that today is because there's seeds that God has planted in your life. Things that God has called you to. And they have not expired with time. That God still wants to use you in that manner, in that way, in that vision that he showed you, in that calling, and what you've been chosen to do, and the, and the seed that he planted in your heart. That is not expired, but God still has that title and that calling for you to operate in. If you look at Joshua and Caleb and the legacy, because they had that mindset of faith and opportunity, what their legacy actually looked like. If you reference Caleb, you'll see that he represented the tribe of Judah, the tribe from which Jesus Christ, the Savior of our world, came from. He was represented in five different books of the Bible following when he was first represented. So his legacy carried on. You look at Joshua, he was the successor to Moses and became the leader of Israel, directing the army in the conquest to actually come into the promised land of Canaan. And he was actually a part of so many miracles too that the Bible notes to where it talks about how they walked around Jericho for six days and on the seventh day they walked around and shouted and the walls came down. There's different legacies that they're highlighted throughout. But I want to just focus on, on one last thing. I begin tonight by talking about my legacy and about my grandfather and my pawpaw. And they're now deceased, but there was a number of years we knew leading up that the, the, the days were numbered. And so we took time with him and we said... Paul, Paul, tell us stories. We, we want to make sure that we were a sponge trying to absorb and soak up everything that he had to say. And not only was my papa a state champ raccoon hunter, but he also served in World War II. And he was one of four. Him and three brothers went. Three came back. He was rewarded with a purple heart, wounded in battle. But he told us about the iconic raising of the flag. And I'm going to pull up that picture. Many of you guys are familiar with the flag that was raised on the beaches of Iwo Jima, the mountain. And he shared how he was in a bunker and saw that happen in real life. And he talked about how the raising of that flag was a symbol of victory. Can I say that I think there are some flags being raised today in victory through a testimony that is happening today in somebody's life. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 reads, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of their testimony, and they loved them not their lives unto death. So as the worship band comes back up, I got a question for you. And that is, as we look at this situation, and we look at all the different things that that we spoke of tonight, of, of the importance of what it's like to have that legacy, not only just to operate under the past, but to say, you know what, I want to move beyond the legacy that was left for me. I want to not just stand on that, but I want to build on that, and and I want to operate in that. I want to know who he is. I want to know who I am in him, and I want to begin to call out and answer to those things. So I think what's critical is we've talked about the past and we've talked about the present. Where's the future? The future can depend on how you respond tonight. Because the choices that you make today can affect tomorrow. And so I believe that something is being stirred, whether it be a vision, whether it be a calling, whether it be a promise that we've forgotten about, whether it be a first time that you're responding to God, something's being stirred in you that is going to cause you to to raise a flag of testimony to say, God, there was something that day that I began to realize that I'm not going to walk out of here the same as I came in, but I'm going to operate in a legacy that's going to be known for generations in you. So I wonder if we could just stand as we enter back into worship. And as we close out, I want to encourage you as we worship to not just kind of, well, this, this is part of the progression of the service. I want you to take some time with God and say, Lord, whatever was talked about tonight that you want me to hear, I'm available. I receive it. God, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to answer to that. I'm going to be everything that you want me to be. And God, if there's a flag that I need to raise through a testimony, God, I receive it. I'm going to walk in that. I promise you, if you have that posture tonight, God will make an impact to the point that, again, tonight you will remember that it was that night that something changed. It was that night that an impact was made to the point that I'm going to always reference that night as a night of victory. Let's bow our heads. God, we we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know exactly, exactly, exactly where we're at. God, and we just open our hearts and our minds to you to say, Lord, speak to us. Lord, as we conclude in worship tonight, God, speak to our hearts and, and whatever you want to say, God, we'll receive it. We want to grow in you. We don't want to walk out of here the same way we came in. We want to be stronger. We want to be uh, lifted up in you, God. We, we want to be blessed, enriched. God, we want to be able to raise up that flag tonight. God, and I pray that you would speak to us, Lord, as this last song of worship goes forth, God. Speak to us, God. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together.